Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob and I'm your host. Uh, today we are brought together with a very large panel of movie lovers and Spielberg lovers, even if they don't love all of his work. Um, but I'm happy to introduce everyone to you. So first off, we've got Kenzie. How are you? I'm good. I literally feel hungover, but I had did not drink. I just like Austin Butler and Boz Lerman, man. I got to see them in person last night, and I will never be the same. We'll never be the same. Lex, how are you? Fantastic. I spent $50 on crystals today, and I've never bought crystals before in my life. And so I said, go I big or crystals. go. Okay, Spencer Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> uh nicole how are you i am really good i just literally got back about 10 minutes ago from being at my parents house for like the past week for the holidays so i'm i'm still like settling in and trying to figure out if i actually brought everything i needed to for this podcast back with me or not <laughs> i love that nicole unmuted herself because she sensed my pattern and she like I knew. knew that i was gonna <laughs> call her that yeah. um uh, the return of Anna. How are you? Oh my Other god! Other than cold, I'm I'm very cold already. But it's uh, I'm surviving. I'm so happy to be here. Um, again, it's it's two a.m. and I'm outside, which means I'm dedicated to y'all, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be back. Um, and yeah, I'm ready for this. And our guest, Bobby, how are you? I'm good. It feels like I'm meeting like Twitter celebrities. Like I see all of y'all's like like hot ticks on my timeline. I'm like, wow, I'm talking to you guys. So I'm very happy to be here. And last but definitely not least, Dan, how are you? <laughs> Hello, I'm back and I'm thrilled to be back. And if you want to, uh, if you want to get it started, what are some things you've seen over the past week? Um, did it have any Oscar potential? All of those good questions. So yes, um, I I specifically went um, opening night of the Glass Onion theatrical run mm -hmm. to see Glass Onion in theaters again after uh, being at the premiere at TIFF and. Uh, applause 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 it's so great i have been um uh slightly unbearable on social media telling all my non-movie nerd friends to like you need to see it in a theater it's only playing for a week go i promise you'll have a great time and it's been very gratifying that a lot of them have been posting about going and saying how much they enjoyed it um i I loved it even more the second time through. Uh, it is, it, and I do think that it has more Oscar potential now to break into specifically Best Picture and Best Adapted Screenplay because that shit is timelier now mm -hmm. than it was when it premiered in September. And it just like, it speaks to the moment in just many, many ways. And uh, Miss Kate Hudson is the moment even if she thought that a sweatshop is where <laughs> they make sweatpants which is maybe my favorite line delivery in any movie this year I, it's so good i that laugh was, every time 
Between that was that, the line. That and the Lana Del Rey mask. I was <laughs> like, this girl has won this movie. Like, who cares what else happens? Like, oh my god, she is so good in that movie. I was like, this is the Kate Hudson movie star we have been missing. For yes. I'm a simple man. I just want two things this Oscar season. I want nominations for Kate Hudson and Glass Onion and Mark Rylance and Bones and all. They're my two favorite performances in anything this year. I like, Preach. please, please. Can like, we can make those, this happen. These can happen. Those clip winners, like, back to back. Like, if you oh. did a montage of their oh clips. God. Okay, oh listen. God. That's actually the actors on actors that I want. Yes. Like, truly. Oh, my God. Let Mark Rylance and Kate Hudson <laughs> talk. I don't know do what it? Can they do it in their Chaos. characters, though? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Wait, Kate Hudson's character in Glass Onion is the one that Kaylee Cuoco didn't. Like, it didn't work out, right? Like, that's who she was going to play? Really? I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm seeing it tomorrow, but I could see that. There's something I'm, about that that just makes sense th- to me. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's who she was supposed to play. I don't know. Kaylee Cuoco almost makes more sense as whiskey. Yeah, Kaylee Cuoco uh, devastated after losing Knives Out role to Kate Hudson. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, Ryan Johnson I love Kaylee Cuoco, but right. upgrade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was doing here. I mean, yeah, amazing. I, it, it's I so much fun. I just want to say how shocked I was that in LA, at least, it didn't even play a full week. It's not playing as of like Wednesday anymore. Oh like, my God. That would be exactly seven days. And I was checking because I wanted to go see it again. And it's like only playing Monday and Tuesday. That's a hate crime. It is. I was it, it's like, homophobic. Wow. It's everything. It also, it sounds like there's like more showings here for me in North Carolina of okay, it than you've been able I to get was in trying LA. To tell my, I was doing what Dan was doing, trying to tell like all my offline friends, it's only really in theaters one week, like go see it. And I was looking up showtimes for my sister and I was like, it's playing like every 20 minutes. Meanwhile, here it's playing like three times a day. I was very confused. I was like, what is going on? I Netflix release the Glass Onion box office gross challenge. I need to know how much this fucker made because like I... I genuinely think I everything that I have seen has been like this is making a lot of money and Netflix should absolutely be doing this with more movies. Um, just give it a one week theatrical one. That's all you need to do. Just give there, us a chance to see it on a big screen, you know, and not in a Netflix only theater. Like make it actually accessible to people, please. Um, they're everybody... estimating fifteen million over the over the week. That or is no, more since, the, since Thursday from Thursday to Tuesday, I think. So the um the the long weekend that is yes. more than Bones and all and the Fablemans combined. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, win and yeah, I it that you will not have a more fun time in a theater with an audience. And nope. yes, I will be having a uh, costume party when it releases on Netflix and inviting people over. <laughs> Don't worry, they're in my pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I actually am my... in New York the week that it premieres, so <laughs> open your party. Amazing. Yay. Oh, that would be so awesome. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, I did see that. And then after that, I was just at, um, uh, I was with family for the weekend and they they picked two of my screeners to watch 
and they were not what I was expecting they would pick. <laughs> they picked Till, which they all loved and were like, why is she not winning the Oscar? And I had to explain to them how Oscar voting works and <laughs> <laughs> and how like perceptions change things, but like everyone she should be winning. Um and uh, then we watched a triangle of sadness, which was like what everyone's reactions to that movie were almost better than the movie itself. Like Randy really complete love- gamut from <laughs> The worst movie I've ever seen in my life to hysterically laughing and just like, when can I buy a copy? <laughs> like it was it was awesome. And everyone was just they enjoyed the the scene mm-hmm. so much. Like everyone was laughing and having the best time, but they were also seasick. <laughs> Okay, I have to ask though, like, were these two movies chosen by like two different family members? Like, was it a consensus? No. Like, how do you get two opposite ends okay. of the spectrum? Okay, so 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 Till was a consensus. They, they were two slightly different groups of people. The Till group was smaller, and they were all like, We want to see this movie because we've heard so much about it and didn't get to see it in theaters. And the other, uh, the triangle of sadness situation. <laughs> So it was my my aunt's birthday, and she had originally been like, I want to watch a documentary. And so I was like, okay, fine. So I brought out the neon box, and it was like, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, and Three Minutes a Lengthening. These are the documentaries I have, and we'll vote. And... She vetoed Fire of Love right away because they just don't like volcanoes. And and people were just like, well, these other two ones look boring. So I was like, can I throw in a wild card? Justice for three minutes of lengthening. (laughs) My favorite dog is here. I, I... I, which I will be watching at some point, like in the coming <laughs> weeks, because like it really does look. Thank good. God. But yeah, when I read the description of Triangle of Sadness, literally everyone was like that, <laughs> <laughs> and it, and I I don't think for any of them it was the movie they were expecting, which which honestly like the reactions that they all gave to it and the um the the discussion that it sparked. Like, that's the fun part of that movie, other than, mm-hmm. like, actually watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bobby, what about you? What have you seen this week? Um, well, I just got back from a, a wedding. And during that time, literally after the wedding was over, I was like, I want to go see a bunch of movies. Um, so I saw Wakanda Forever, which was great. Uh, I saw The Menu, which I so badly want to win so many things i thought it was so great um i literally tweeted i was like everyone who does any degree of media criticism should go and see the menu i think it's a good Mm -hmm. uh a good come to jesus moment if you will uh for anyone who does any type of criticism work and i uh, saw del toro's pinocchio which i think is probably i would hope is a shoe in for best animated feature but we will see but yeah so that's what I've seen lately. Um, Nicole, what about you? 
Okay, so I saw quite a few things this week. Um, obviously, I saw the Fablemans, which uh, we'll talk about more later. Um, I also saw the menu this week, which I also loved. I thought it was so great. I had such a good time. I also somehow went into it like still fairly unspoiled, which was awesome. Um, and it was also such a fun, like, theater experience. And then I saw that, like, on Tuesday night, and then Wednesday night, I went to see Bones and All, which was a fantastic, like, back-to-back evening That is the most amazing double feature. I'm so jealous. Right? And Bones and All is so beautiful. Like, every good thing you've heard about it is true. Uh, I literally was like, okay, well, I need to, like, throw away everything that I was planning for my acting like lineup for my personal awards this year um mark rylance in that movie like i love when mark rylance does like the most unhinged things you've ever seen (laughs) like i i wish you know i want to see like actors on actors but it's just like mark rylance in character of different characters of his like oh totally i want to see bones and all mark rylance talk to don't look up mark rylance like that's what i really have we have to wait until he plays (laughs) satan so that he can add that one truly truly there we go then i I want like a whole round table (laughs) i just want to see bones and all mark rylance eat don't look up Mark Rylance, frankly. Yes. I, I'm not, if someone can like make that happen somehow with some wait. nice editing, um, I, I do this. would cry I will laughing. Learn how to that do was this. beautiful. I also watched Marcel the Shell, finally. Um, <laughs> I got my nice packet of screeners. Thank you to, to A24. Uh, and like, it is the most wholesome thing I've ever witnessed, but also tell me why I cried like four times. Right. Um, and not like, not at the sad parts. Though. No, <laughs> no. When it's, just like, when it's like heartwarming, it's like, yep. it really hits. It, it's like, oh my God, it does. It's a good job of like ripping your soul out and then like yes. putting it back. And it's like so Literally. subtle that you're like, oh, and then you just start like. It's, it's like, also like yeah. the hardest I've laughed in a theater in so long. Okay, like, literally. Like I, I was, was watching hilarious. I was watching like the second half of it, like at work. Um, which sounds bad, but I went into work on Friday just in case, uh, at the place that I volunteered just in case they needed someone to run like the uh, square because the tour guide doesn't know how. So nobody came through. So instead I was just sitting there watching like the second half of Marcel the Shell and I kept laughing out loud and my coworker was like, Are you good? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but then I also literally just this afternoon rewatched Knives Out um, because my sister's boyfriend was over and he'd never seen it before. And she was like, you got to prep for the new one. So it was, and I I go see the, the uh, Glass Onion tomorrow um, with my family. I saw it at TIFF, but I'm very excited to rewatch it. And I got to say, y'all, like Ryan Johnson is a genius Knives Out is the epitome of a movie that like still holds up while also still feeling timely for the political commentary of like the year that it came out. And, and I mean, obviously we're not that far away from it, but like the Hamilton jokes in it are still the funniest thing on earth to me. And I now it's really nice because I was going back and forth whenever I first saw Glass Onion, I'm like, whether I like that one or Knives Out better. And now I'm like, okay, tomorrow after I watch Glass Onion again, I can definitively decide having seen them close enough together. But yeah, it's been a really good week for me for movies. And I'm very excited for the next few weeks. Cause like I said, I have my A24 screeners now and I have my neon box. So I have so much to catch up on and I'm super excited. So definitely everyone listening, like if there's stuff that you feel like I should make sure that I watch, let me know on Twitter. Uh, Lex, what about you? 
Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell the story of how I got here for a multitude of reasons, but doesn't matter how I found myself on an unexpected work sabbatical. And as such, I have had more time to watch films in these last almost two weeks than I have in my entire life. Um, so what have I not seen? I saw, um, what was the first thing I went and saw? I saw She Said, loved it. Um, I've actually seen that twice. I saw The Menu. I, I love The Menu too. Um, I want to see that again. I saw Disenchanted. Did not like, I didn't like the first Enchanted, so I don't really know what I thought was going to happen when I watched. Dan, we've talked about this. We've talked about this. I don't like the first Enchanted. Um, I, I had forgotten. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sorry to break your heart, but I don't like the first Enchanted. So I don't know what I thought was going to happen when I saw the second Enchanted, but didn't really care for it. Um, I saw uh, The Fablemans, which we'll talk about that one later. Um, I saw, um, oh gosh, I'm blinking, uh, A Christmas Story Christmas. I watched that last night with my family, actually. Um, we're all diehards of the original film, and so we were all a little bit weary of it because, like, this isn't really a movie that anybody asked for, but once we heard that, like, the whole original cast was coming back, we were interested. Um, I actually thought it was very cute. It's a little corny, um, very sweet. It's... Uh, I will just say for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, um, if you are like my family and you've recently experienced a really big loss, it's maybe not the movie to watch unless like you want some catharsis. Like there were a lot of tears shed by everyone in my family around that. Um, and then I was supposed to have a double feature of um, Bones and All and um, Women Talking today. But then my law school professor called me and asked if I wanted to go buy crystals with her. So I did that instead. So I will instead be doing that double feature tomorrow. But I have that on the docket. I am seeing Glass Onion tomorrow. I'm on my last week of sabbatical this week. And so LexFest 2022, as Kenzie and I have dubbed it, um, will be continuing on. But yeah, I've, I've seen more movies in the last two weeks than maybe I've ever have at this point of like the year. It's I've seen more movies this year total, I think, since like I started doing this um, than I have like usually. So it's been fun. I was going to make a joke about how you're going to be eating well tomorrow because you have really good movies that you're seeing. But then I realized that if Kenzie thought I was making a bones and all pun, she might kill me. Uh, so I'd like to clarify that that was not a bones and all pun. It was just a statement about the films that you're seeing. <laughs> I'm sorry that no one online is capable of talking about Bones at all without saying <laughs> it's a feast and I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. There's another way to make a conversation. I'm sorry. I'm Look, sorry. there is like no other way to describe the menu than by saying it's just delicious. Yes. So look, sometimes it just writes itself. But enough of yes chef i never want to hear the term yes chef ever again from people not in scripted things thank you for my platform to say this um and you can keep talking because you're up next what have you seen this week um i saw she said again which i was really shocked it was completely sold out when i saw it on like a monday it was wild but i think it's because it suffered from having poor showtimes all weekend last weekend 
Um, I also saw Glass Onion, which I loved. I thought it was so fun. And I saw White Noise on Friday, which I'm not like low on. I'm just not high on, if that makes sense. I am still thinking about a lot of stuff that was left out of the adaptation. If you've read the novel, I think like there's quite a bit left out. There's a lot that works, but it's not the stuff I thought was going to work. Like he, it's definitely his biggest directorial flex. I just feel like it suffered in some places. And I'm not going to lie. I was a little let down by how much everyone overhyped the end credits. I was expecting a lot more and I was a little taken aback that it was just that. Um, So thank you. And you know what? Primarily Jacob. primarily me i love it it's my favorite thing i understand i just was like if we're talking about jody turner smith and amazing credit sequences it's definitely after yang that stands out to me um and then i saw elvis last night and then i watched eo finally this morning and i cried so much (laughs) i I'm really sad I watched it at home. I think it gets released in LA next weekend. So oh, so is, worth seeing on a yeah, big screen. So I'm going to try, it. no matter when it's released, honestly, I'm going to try to go see it in the theater. I really loved it. I, like, watched it when Daisy was napping, and, like, it was amazing. I really loved it, and it should be, like, in consideration for a lot of things. But... Yeah, that was it. I'm going to try to watch All That Breeze tonight. Um, but we'll see because I've heard from um, Eric Anderson that I have to watch The White Lotus Live tonight. Yep. So yep. Um, we shall see if I finally get to All That Breeze. But I'm seeing um, a lot this week. And I just want to say that um, it's a great time at the movies. Like we all had so many things to point out and we all really loved them. And it's like Bobby was saying, like she went to a wedding and she's like, I have to get to the movies right after. It's like there is so much stuff to see and it's really cool, like the scope of things to see. Like I didn't love the Fablemans, as we'll discuss, but like the Fablemans and then Bones and All in theaters at the same time as Glass Onion, it is like it's a feast. It's a feast. There you go. There you go. All my my naysayers. I made a pun about eating. You're welcome. I'm so proud. Uh, and <laughs> Anna, what about you? I'm like with everybody else where I think like the last week or two I've watched like I've consumed so much film and I'm not complaining. Um, But yeah, as Jacob knows, I saw After Sun, which I was not prepared for. And I just want to say that I'm super thankful to like be receiving these like screeners and stuff but all of these films I'm like I want to watch this on like a huge screen and it just it's just not the same but um I saw After Sun and um it destroyed me um Nicole I saw All Quiet on the Western Front and I was I could talk about that film forever that was um it floored me it was unreal I immediately texted my father and I said please go watch us on Netflix <laughs> you will love yep. it um 
God, that was so good. That was so good. Um, I saw Tar, which the ending had not been spoiled for me yet. And I think people are being pretty good this season. Um, with like Lex, I think you said was it you that saw the the menu, and it wasn't spoiled for you. That was Bobby. It was Bobby? No, I'm so Nicole. sorry. Nicole. Nicole. Oh my God. I'm yep. Just... <laughs> Okay. It's fine. Well, it's it's early in the morning for you or late in the uh, late at night. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either or. Um, but like that's fantastic. And like in the past years ago, people have been brats about that. But for it not to be spoiled, and I was just shook. That 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 was so much fun. Kate was best actress is gonna be so interesting, is all I gotta say. Um I saw Goodnight Oppie. Um which I really liked, and I thought um, it was a little sappy at some parts, but I, again, like, I think the Fable bit was a little sappy at some parts, but, like, it just, it it just gets me. It just weasels in it. It just gets me. Um, I saw Bones and All, which Mark Rylance, Timothee, um, Taylor Russell, that was absolutely incredible, and I want to watch it again already. Um, what a crazy film and um i saw she said but i don't here in the theater there was a subtitled version and then there was a dubbed version and i i, I mixed them up and so i went to the dubbed version with english subtitles and um i didn't walk it like i watched it but it's just not it's just wasn't the same so I don't even I'll, I'll like count it as like a half watch and I need to you know go to it again um and to top it all off um there was another worker here and it was his birthday and he got to choose a movie and he chose he chose the unbearable weight of massive talent that is my favorite film of 2022 <laughs> So, um, and I just gotta say, Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal, uh, besties. To, that that was it was it was a it was a film, it was a movie that felt like a movie, and um, God, what more can you say, really? So yeah, that 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 was my lineup. <laughs> um, for me, I rewatched Weird and White Noise. Um, I love them both. I did see the menu, which I was like completely taken aback with. Like everyone said, I resaw Glass Onion. Um, but the big new ones for me was I did watch Till, which just incredible performance. Um, I rewinded, which that's, I guess, what I was lucky to watch it at home because I could rewind the courtroom scene like five times because I was like, how did she do that with her eyes? Um, and then I watched Armageddon Time, which I is a movie. Um, but moving on from that, the Independent Spirit Awards came out this week. Um, you know, of course, we had for Best Feature, we had Bones and All, Everything Everywhere, All at Once, Our Father the Devil, Tar and Women Talking. Um, for Best Director, we had Todd Field, Kaganda, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Skynhart. For everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh wait, I didn't say the other ones. Kaganda for After Yang, Todd Field for Tar, uh, Sarah Polly for Women Talking, and then Helena Regin 
I don't know if that's right. Right. Ryan, Helena Ryan. Ryan. Thank you. Uh, for bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, and then all the other uh, categories are huge. But does anyone have any thoughts or opinions on the Independent Spirit Award nominations? Uh, what missed? What made it in? Anything like that? They said, and none for the whale. And then that yeah. was that. And that was I, that. Look, I, I have had multiple people confirm this to me that there the whale did not screen for film yeah, independent I, members I, yeah, and, and that then, is also true of till i think they just people so, didn't see those movies so that's so, why they didn't get the nominations from what i've noticed in la is like there were literally the week of afi every movie you could think of had like 20 screenings and the whale until like literally never screened like the whole time and i thought it was really weird because i knew all of them were here and like it just they didn't bother screening it and i just think that the whale is in this weird place of like they're not really like showing it to people and it's not out yet and then Till, for me at least, was in theaters maybe one week here. Like, it was not in theaters very long. Yeah. And then it had the that weird, like, it was still in theaters elsewhere, so it wasn't on demand. And I just feel like people did not see it. And I also think with Till that it's not going to be in very many categories. So, like, it probably was only looking at getting into, like, acting and maybe director here. And that was kind of, like, it. Director is so crazy here, too. I really love it. Like, I can't stop thinking, like, what if this was our Oscar five? It would be amazing. But Darren Aronofsky missing, like, even unseen is so shocking to me because, like, they're, like, they go, like, hand in hand, you know? But I just got to say, best lead performances, eight out of ten being women, is so amazing. And the only two men being Jeremy Pope and, and Paul, Paul Mescal, the like, best man. Like, amazing. it's so beautiful, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, it is so good. And I just gotta say, I really love Dale Dickey showing up here. I think, oh he's my god, amazing in a love song. And I love that movie so much. That movie, so like, good. has a hold on my heart. And I'm so glad she got nominated. And like Lex said, like Mia Goth in Pearl, yeah. let's so get her that. that win, okay? Let's get She's her not the Oscar performance like, of the need. year. She's not gonna get an Oscar nomination, even. No. And I know this, but like that performance. Can we get her a SAG like, nomination at least? Like, yeah. you know come what? On. They could give Emily Blunt a SAG for a Quiet Place. <laughs> let's get me a got mm. a SAG for yeah. Pearl. They they don't even have to watch the whole movie. They just have to watch the end credits. Okay. I was gonna say, just watch like the last in- like ten minutes, but even just the end credits. Yeah. They could literally just watch the end credits, and it's it's enough. It's just enough. just w- show them that clip that's going around on Twitter. That's a please. I'm a star. Like that's it. So need- oh my god! Absolutely. Yeah. Also, Kenzie, did you order that from the merch website? Oh, I definitely <laughs> ordered Girl, it. Girl, show it again. I okay. I gotta say. This happened to me with my The Lighthouse online ceramic sweatshirt too, where I ordered it. And as soon as I pushed place order, I was like, why did I spend $110 on a sweatshirt? But then I have worn this sweatshirt maybe like 70 times since I got it. So I'm like, 
it was worth it and like my the lighthouse sweatshirt has a hole in it because i wear it so often like is it worth it probably not but if you calculate the cost per like that per wear i am doing fine i exceeded (laughs) the lifetime warranty on the sweatshirt also um fire island and best first screenplay beautiful 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 um there's something else i was really excited about obviously this the overperformance of after yang continuously but there was something else i can't remember but i thought they were great i am really pleased that um women talking got the robert altman award because i also struggle with singling a performance out from that film um like every time i think about it i choose someone else oh i was really excited about gabrielle union because i know she's not in the inspection like long enough considering like supporting is hijacked by like co-leads but she's really great in that film and it kind of reminded me of why she was like in every movie in the late 90s early 2000s and i was like i've missed movie star gabrielle union she has um, never been better. She's incredible yeah, in that it's, movie. It's really great. And I just wish. Wait, and now she's gotten both Independence Spirit and yes. Gotham's. Like, so, get it, girl. I love it. Also, this um, made me realize I do really need to see Palm Trees and Power Lines. I know it was very, like, hit or mess with people at Sundance, but I this made me really want to check it out given the scope of its nominations and, like, the nominations it got it was really interesting to me um yeah i was i was really happy to see marcel show up um and i just again like everyone said i loved all of the uh all of the performances that made it in um moving on from that going into our spielberganza of the day um, so Steven Spielberg, no one, you guys might not know who he is. He's a pretty famous director. Um, I just wanted to go around and have everyone list their top five, uh, which I'll start with Kinsey. If you want to go ahead and rattle off your top five Steven Spielberg movies, and then we can go and see any bonus Oscar wins or nominations that we'd want him to have. Um, so my top five is not everyone's favorite every time this comes up. I just want to say my number six is the fucking post. I am the post defender. <laughs> like, I don't, yes, yes, I, I really like the post, it's great. Um, so starting off with that as my number six, that's an honorable mention. Um, my number five is Jurassic Park. I know that is low to some people. I'm sorry. Um, four is Jaws. I know also low for some people. You will not like where I'm headed. Um, three is Schindler's List. I made the mistake of watching Schindler's List about a week out after I did my Orthodox conversion to Judaism. And no, um, oh. yeah, I will probably never watch again until I show my daughter at some point. I don't think I emotionally can handle it. Um, Two is Catch Me If You Can, which is also my favorite Leo performance. Um, I just think Catch Me If You Can is exceptional. And my number one, which I know no one else will probably have in their five, is Munich. I think Munich is a huge achievement, and I 
really love it. I don't ever want to watch it again as a problem with it, but I think it's a huge achievement and his best movie. And Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. That is my um, end note. Anna, what about you? Mine are very, like, boring. Um, but I just... They're all films that um, sparked a... God, this is so cliche, what I'm about to say. But it, like, sparked the love of film in me, like, when I was younger and my parents showed these to me. Um, and so I just have such distinct memories of them. And they're, like, I think the reason why I love them so much is, like, very much nostalgia. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, my top five Spielberg, I did not rank them, but um, I have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, my dad and I would rewatch that one consistently. Uh, we have Schindler's List, which <clears throat> I maybe have only seen twice because it's just it's just a lot, you know. You don't throw it on at a lumber party. Um, E.T. is my mom's favorite film, and I, I have a very distinct memory of watching that for the first time. And I was scared of him at first, too. But that picture of him all dressed up in the wig with the... It's just... Um, then I have Jurassic Park and um, Jaws. And those two are probably... Um, I don't know. I started asking you know my dad how... Like, you know, I thought like the blood in Jurassic Park was like ketchup. And I was like, how do they do that? And like, why does it look so real? And like, oh, my God. There's... And I started asking questions and looking into filmmaking. And so, um, I mean, Spielberg is a hit or miss a lot of the time. But he's he's a classic. He's he's uh, he's very special um, in the community. And um, yeah. And Bobby, what's your top five? Okay, so this was, um, it felt like picking a favorite child, really. Um, Spielberg is the reason why I love film. Um, my, I, no one in my, my, in my family is like super big into film. So a lot of the reason why I love it is like self-guided. So I saw E.T. when I was younger and I was like, oh, okay, that's what, movies can be like that's what storytelling can be so mine are not in any particular order but et um great film i mean kids on bikes you can't really beat that uh jurassic park a feat of visual effects blending cgi with practical effects i think it's like the best mix and that's why it still holds up i saw it in theaters when jurassic world dominion came out which is a terrible movie um Mm -hmm. And a, and a double feature and I saw Jurassic Park first and then I saw that movie and wow that was a terrible choice by AMC to do that but it's still a movie that holds up and it's phenomenal um Catch Me If You Can which I saw in a forensics class in high school and why I don't know I don't know why they showed us that but it was a really good movie and I will agree with you Kenzie it's like amongst Leo's best performances for sure um Hook, which I saw for the first time this year, um, which I know I'm very late to that party, but it's Spielberg and Robin Williams. So that's a match made in heaven, I think. And I know it from what it seems like with hearing everyone's kind of um, foreshadowing 
opinions on the Fablemans. I have the Fablemans as my last one. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, I had the absolute privilege and honor of being at the premiere for it. And I was like 10 feet away from Steven Spielberg. And so it was a lot of emotions in the room. I know that a lot of um, the fanfare of being there probably informed my opinion of the movie, but I don't care. It was a good time and I had a blast and it was a very good long film that I quite enjoyed. Uh, Nicole, what about you? Okay, so I'm sorry to like <laughs> break up the love here. Uh, I'm not a huge Spielberg fan. I find his films are very hit and miss for me, but a lot of the time I feel kind of just like, all right, well, that was fine towards anything that he's made in the past like 20 years. Um, the epitome of that being West Side Story. Uh, but I do think that he's made a handful of films that are like genuinely masterpieces. I have to give a shout out to War Horse because while it is a terrible adaptation of the play, um, it does have a handful of scenes that I really like, even though I think that they kind of like butchered it. Um, but my five is Schindler's List, partially because I have a weird connection to it in that the historian, which actually looks, I don't know if you knew, know this, but the historian who like was like the expert on Schindler that Spielberg worked with while doing the film actually was a professor at Elon where Alex and I went to college. Um, so that's pretty cool. My number four is The Color Purple, um, which I think is the first Spielberg movie I ever saw actually my mother is not a Spielberg fan but I know that she did show me E.T. in the color purple as a kid um which says everything about who I am today uh my third is E.T. mostly because of the ride at Universal I did not like the movie as a kid but then I went on the Universal ride and I was like never mind I can come around to this wait uh, I <laughs> just gotta say that E.T. was like one of my favorite movies and then I was on the Universal ride in um L.A. And yeah. I was like five or six and there was an earthquake and I got stuck and he was facing me. No. And I literally, I remember going home and I took all of my ET toys and gave them to my mom and was like, I never want to see this piece of shit again. I was so scared. Did you think like he was so earthquake? I thought he was like so scary for some reason and like i was so traumatized i think I to like, be fair if i had to stare at that audio animatronic for longer for than like hours, two minutes it was yeah i'd be done no nope. because they were like we can't get you out of there and i i don't know if i like disassociated the earthquake onto et or something <laughs> but i truly have not seen that movie since that oh, occurred God. And if you would have asked me this as a kid, I would have been like, E.T.'s the best movie ever made. And then oh I God. literally have never seen it again. So that That's ride. That's really fair. That ride, me and E.T. do not, we do not. I get like. Along. That that ride like made you hate ET, and that ride made me like ET. Like that's very funny. I Uh, (laughs) will never forgive that ride for the trauma it has given to me. That's fair. Maybe me and Steve need to go to therapy together or something to like. He has some other problems he needs to work out. I need to get over ET, but like, good lord, that ride! I'm gonna send them a letter. Oh my god, a strongly worded letter to the White Star Line. Um. My number two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, and then Lex will love to hear this. My number one is actually now Jurassic Park, which I saw for the first time like two years ago. Um, at my house. 
at Lex's, Lex sat me down and said, you will watch this movie. I, I really did. <laughs> I realized actually while making this list, but like, I've only seen like maybe half of Spielberg's filmography. Um, like I said, my parents are not Spielberg people. So I think that's part of it. But like a lot of the ones that people watch like kids, like my parents were like, mm, we're not doing that. Um, but there's a few that I probably should watch, but I definitely think Jurassic Park is his best. Uh, and I miss Spielberg when he was in more of that, like Jurassic Park, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark mode. Um, Lex, what about you? What's your top five? Okay. Um, I, Spielberg is my favorite director and I just have to say that many, many times, so that I I give myself a little credibility when I talk about my views on the Fablemans. So we're going to start here by me saying he's my favorite director of all time. Um, that said, I feel like my top five Spielberg films are his biggest heavy hitters. Um, so my number five is uh, Catch Me If You Can. I agree with Kenzie. It's my favorite Leo performance. It's also my favorite Tom Hanks performance um, and my favorite Amy Adams performance. They um, all have really great chemistry in that movie. They like, do. Every scene partner with every single person, great chemistry. It's mm-hmm. really crazy. The casting director deserves a raise. Post, yeah. Post film, like what, 20 years out, give them give them more money. <laughs> yeah. I, I really remember watching that movie in theaters and like, who is this girl playing the nurse? She's incredible. So and like so good. Lo and behold, the queen. Yep. Like, I mean, we could talk about like what happened to her the last like four years. I don't know what's going on there, but that was a discovery. She's working through some stuff. Okay. She's working. She needs life. the same therapist as me and Steve, just for something else. Look, look, Night Bitch is going to save cinema. Okay. Going to save cinema. As we know it. As we know. Can you like imagine if the Fablemans wins the best picture and then the follow up is Night Bitch? <laughs> I would like to see it. Well, on that note. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, now I'm blanking. What's my number? Number four is Jaws. Um, I've told this story before. My mom, one time when I was 11, the day of the night before I left for summer camp, said, do you want to come watch a fun beach movie with me? It was Jaws. Um, and I didn't want to swim in the lake when I got to camp. I told my mom that story just last week at Thanksgiving. And she laughed and said, that sounds like something I'd do. Um, number three is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Iconic. Um, number two is actually Hook. So, Bobby, it made me really happy when you brought up Hook because I feel like I feel like a lot of people hate Hook. But and I I, I get why. Like, but I think it's so fun. Um, I think that's one of the best Robin Williams performances. Like, he's just so good in it. I love Dustin Hoffman in it. Um, just a, I have a lot of sentimental attachment to Hook. And then number one is not only my favorite spielberg film but it is my favorite film of all time notoriously nicole brings me a jurassic park treat every time i visit her uh jurassic park is my all-time favorite it's the only jurassic park movie i like i don't like the sequels i don't like the new ones but i love 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 jurassic park so much um if spielberg wanted to make a semi-autobiographical film about a man making a dinosaur movie um maybe i would have liked the fablemans more okay thank you Dan, what about you? Um. So okay. This is, so I'm gonna give a like shout out honorable mention to Duel because technically TV movie 
but like name a better debut. Okay, you can't. Okay, it's perfect. Um, my number five is Catch Me If You Can. Everything that everyone has said about it. It it's just like so goddamn entertaining. It's so easy breezy fun. I love it. My number four is Minority Report, which I'm very mad at all of you for not mentioning once because that movie is so good. It is like set the template for sci-fi and all the years going forward. It's brilliant. Um, number three is Jaws because, I mean, you know, I love Bruce, and if you don't, then you, there's something wrong with you. Um, and then, lastly, he has made two unimpeachable, flaw-free masterpieces of the cinematic medium. Raiders of the Lost Ark, a perfect film. I literally saw that movie Great. when I was like maybe like 9 or 10. It's like, well, I- I'm going to be an archaeologist. Like, this is what I, this, that's my life path. Um, and Dan, imagine how I felt. Imagine how I felt. I literally, for like three years, said I was going to be an archaeologist, and then I realized that, like, I hate dirt. So that was literally this is why you are my little sister. (laughs) Yes. And number one, his easily his best film, Schindler's List. It is a flat out masterpiece. I, I have heard that there are people who do not like those this movie those people i i rarely say this and i say this with love because you know everyone is entitled to their own opinions but you're wrong that this is a bad movie dan's pulling out the like you're entitled to your wrong opinion gift i am pulling out the as a jew card (laughs) this is the movie I when I watched it after I um, finished my conversion, we watched it, and my husband goes, "I've never seen this." Once what? it was over, how how had he yeah. never seen it? I was like, "What? Like what?" And then he was mad at me for showing it to him, <laughs> and it was interesting. But I think it's because, and they bring this up, and um, she said actually that like some families just don't discuss the Holocaust. And I think that was why, but um, yeah, I don't understand the talk of like not thinking that movie is perfect. It is just so perfect. Also, I like the tie-in to Robin Williams with that movie that he was like calling him on set to like cheer him up. Just um, a beautiful friendship there. I really love that. And I love the tie-in with Martin Scorsese, like kind of like giving him the project because he didn't feel like he could make it. And um yeah i completely agree that i also uh, like ray fines i think okay i what a performance what a performance like filmography post the menu because i was like he's just so good in the menu and he is so undervalued it is crazy yeah and i really appreciate that he has been like a huge part of my life like from like schindler's list to like harry potter to like i just feel like he is just cranking out crazy performances and we're just like "Eh." he's there and um but he is him and liam neeson are both just so great in schindler's list and i feel like that movie is just i don't understand any person not liking that movie or like acknowledging it's like just Oh, it's so good. Um, wait, Dan, did you get three or five? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so I am in the same boat as Nicole, as there's probably a lot of Spielberg movies that I haven't seen. Um, but my five, number five, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, I mean, just an incredible action movie. Um, one of the coolest characters in Indiana Jones invented, um, all of that, but the Sean Connery of it all puts the last crusade higher for me. Um, and I just love the father son dynamic. I thought that to me is probably my favorite Sean Connery performance ever. Um, I think that was actually the first one that I did see before I saw Raiders. Um, after that, I've got Jaws uh, for the same reasons everyone said, just incredible uh, blockbuster movie. Uh, my number two, and I'm glad Bobby had it in her top five, is The Fablemans. Uh, moving on, Jurassic Park is my number one. I just think it's perfect. It's one of my favorite movies. It's an absolute masterpiece um, for, yeah, for everything that everyone has already said. Um, and moving on to his Oscars. So he's been nominated for 19 total, but he's only gotten one, two, three. Despite all the people of my ads, he has won three Oscars. He's yes. <laughs> okay, so if you're trying to say that Kenzie's a sadist for keeping him from his third Oscar, read a book. You tell him, Lex. Six. He has six. <laughs> or even just read Wikipedia. I mean... I'm pretty sure if you literally, Google him, it literally it, says it, three. It just pops up. <laughs> yeah, so he's got six Best Director nominations for um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Actually, more than six. One second. I'm just going to count them off. So he's got Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Dark, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, uh, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Munich, Lincoln, and West Side Story. Oh, I just gotta say thank you to everyone for not bringing up Lincoln. Um, that is seven hours of my life I will never get back. Um, I'm very sorry to Daniel D. Lewis. Kenzie, like, it's only a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> like what? What? What happens? Is it two and a half hours? Is that it? is the longest movie I've ever seen until The Fablemans. Lincoln but, is like, one of my least favorite movies of all time. So I just gotta say I'll never forget seeing it in theaters and this guy stood up and goes Joseph Gordon-Levitt like in the, like, the <laughs> first time and that is my favorite memory of Lincoln. My biggest question about Lincoln is still and will always be why they made Joseph Gordon-Levitt look so much like John Wilkes Booth if he was not going to play John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, Thank you and good night. <laughs> it's like, you know... Like, in it's the uncanny. It's weird. You know in The Policeman how at the end there's like them older and the actors are like... Like they do <laughs> yes. not... They should be swapped. They should I be don't swapped. understand. It's, yep. the it's the yep. same thing. I don't understand that choice. Um, um, he should have won for Munich. I'm just going to say it. I'm just gonna but, say it. Yeah, so I so he has won three, technically four, um, because he's gotten the Irvin G Memorial Award, but he also won director for Schindler's List, picture for Schindler's List, and director for Saving Private Ryan. So I know Kenzie started it off and I'll let you keep going. Uh you said Munich. Do you have anything else that you think he should have been nominated or won for? Was he nominated for a director for the post? Sorry, I wasn't No. He should have been. Actually, I don't know who I would take out of that year. 
No, I wouldn't take any. No, I would take out. Um, no, I, I wouldn't do it. Never mind. But I do really like the post a lot. I think he flexed a lot. Like the copy machine bit. Are you kidding? Like, what are you doing? But it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, Munich, I feel like he should have won. Um, anyone else have anything that they feel strongly about? I know that he won director for Schindler's List and he went into that Oscars um, with Schindler's List and Jurassic Park, which is about as loaded as you could possibly be going into an award film or award show. And I understand objectively that he should have won for Schindler's List. Like Jurassic Park's my favorite, but I, I do think like Schindler's List is objectively the quote quote better film. Um, but Can we I talk think- about for a second the fact that he has two amazing years with two movies each, like yep. Schindler's List and Jurassic Park, and then Catch Me If You Can, Minority Report. Like, who does yeah. that? Who right. does that? Like, that's- it's truly the biggest flex of a director yeah. possibly ever, and he did it twice. It's yeah. insane. And- well, and unless unless James Cameron does it, because no Marvel director is going to do it. Um, he's still the only. You think James to... Cameron is gonna do anything two in a two two in a year? This guy can't no. complete a movie in twelve. No, 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 years. no, no, no. No, no. I was just saying. I was just saying. He's the only person. He broke the box office record, like the all-time record, and oh, then yeah. like uh, two months later, won Best Picture. And I was saying, mm-hmm. like, with how the box office is now, to where it's so Marvel superhero or james cameron heavy you're telling it's me like, that the blue people in avatar aren't superheroes they're like nine feet tall <laughs> <laughs> okay i have a question are you allowed to be double nominated for director but no. see that's what i was gonna say is if you can which you might not be able to but you can't I do... you can't okay well okay there you go so then okay he deserves it for schindler's list so that takes away my point because i was gonna say i do think I mean, I think in an alternate universe, if Jurassic Park could have been in a different year, year. in Schindler's yeah. List, then he should have won a directing one for uh, Jurassic Park, hands down. Solely yes, he the Lost Raptor uh, Steven Soderbergh was double nominated for Aaron Brockovich oh. in Traffic. No, yeah, you're right. And I'm looking at who was nominated that year, and I would easily, like, sorry, but I would easily kick out Robert Altman for shortcuts. Yeah, to put Spielberg in a second time for Jurassic Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. solely for if if not, I mean for the whole movie, but if nothing else, that Velociraptor kitchen scene, like exactly, are you I was gonna say oh. that. that. Yeah, is one of the best directed scenes ever on cinema ever. The masterclass. Yeah, yeah apologies, I forget. Directors can be nominated for two different films, but actors cannot. In the same category, yeah. Make it make sense. Make it. Yeah. Make My sense. favorite is that they can't be nominated in the same category, but like. No. they can be double nominated across categories. So you can just commit category fraud and get in. Literally, <laughs> that's all, that's all they're the, asking. Uh, Jamie Foxx and Scarlett Johansson of it all. Um, yep. But like, so I will say this. Spiel, look, Reds is a great movie. Everybody loves Warren Beatty. But Steven Spielberg should have won Best Director for Raiders of the Lost Ark. 100%. Yeah. The, you can't argue with it. I'm sorry. The Boulder scene. Like, that's the thing. is each of these movies, there's one, I mean, the whole movie, but there's one particular scene that you can point to that's like the Boulder scene in Indiana Jones, the, the airplane scene. Immortal. The airplane scene. Yeah. Um, 
the Velociraptor, and then did he win for Jaws? No, no, he was not no, even nominated. He wasn't for even Jaws. nominated, and it is he... my favorite nomination reaction video. It's of amazing. All time. They gave my spot to Fellini. <laughs> it is so good. It will go down in the history books as the best person reacting to the lack of their nomination. Like it is so good. Um, but yeah, so that was our talk on Steven Spielberg. Um, but to move on, what the pod is fully about is the Fablemans, um, the newest Steven Spielberg movie. And sorry, I was just doing a quick Google search. Um, yeah, so the Fablemans. Um, initial thoughts. Does anyone want to go first or? I'll start with Lex. Okay. <laughs> no. Self-proclaimed Steven Spielberg's number one fan. Go. Um, well, no. So here's the thing is I was actually very excited for this movie. Um, and I wanted to like it. I really did. I I went into it knowing that it was very divisive. And like Spielberg, um, you know, is is I think the director I can cite of like who got me into movies. Like I think Bobby was saying that earlier of like the, you know, the those kind of films like Jaws and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like those were the first movies that I saw that weren't really like Disney movies and they weren't like kids movies that like I, I was watching a, a, a movie with a capital M, right? And in in a lot of ways, weirdly, that opening scene where he goes to see um whatever the movie is with the train wreck um uh, the greatest show on earth thank you so much best picture winner <laughs> the worst best picture winner or one of them yeah um the like that was kind of me watching indiana jones for the first time in a lot of ways and no and well no i did actually have a phase where i thought it, i thought i wanted to be a filmmaker and i would record everything so like in a lot of ways like i but there was something about like the first five minutes of this movie where I was like, I'm not going to like this. And I wasn't proven wrong for two and a half hours because I just feel like my issue with it is like, I get, I don't know, like I get what it's trying to do. Right. And I, I get that it's trying to um, pay homage to his childhood and that's all well and good. And I understand that there's like a lot of, layers going on and I did look up um like what parts of the movie were actually accurate to his life versus you know what was more dramatized and a lot of it is like very real to his life and so I don't want to speak disrespectfully to like actual experiences he had and so I, I understand that there's a the level of like the complicated relationship with his mom and the mental health issues that she was struggling with and I, I don't want to be insensitive to all that but I don't I kind of felt like I, I was watching this and I'm like, I'm I'm supposed to root for Sammy? Because like, it's just like, I don't know. I he felt like every film bro I've ever come across. And I didn't, like, I was waiting for the part where I was expected to care about anything beyond the fact that he liked movies. Like, it, like okay. And so I just watched this guy be a, a big film bro for two hours. And that last scene... I was rolling my eyes so hard when like the camera tilted up to move the horizon. Like I just rolled my eyes so hard. I didn't want to, like, I wanted to like it. 
I honestly, what's weird is I think Gabriel LaBelle's performance is actually very good in this movie. Um, Little Sammy, I'm like, you would be a menace to film Twitter. Um, Thank goodness I didn't have film Twitter when Little Sammy was um, sitting there with a super eight. Um, But uh, I feel like Paul Dano and Michelle Williams are just so weirdly miscast in this film. Um, And I like both of them. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's nothing on them at all. Um, I, I I saw a tweet that like uh, recently, so, and I don't know who tweeted it, but uh, that said that the casting them felt like it was a slight at Spielberg, like making a slight at his parents by casting them because they weren't well casted. And I mean, I can't speak to that, but I thought that was, I mean, it's, they didn't, their performances didn't feel natural. I thought Michelle Williams was like, you know, I did high school theater and there was always like that one girl on the drama team that just thought that if she just wailed, she'd win the awards. And that's what Michelle Williams was giving in this movie. And I like Michelle Williams and that's something on Michelle Williams, but it was the over the fire ballet and the, and also how did he not notice that his mother was having an affair when it was a perfectly framed shot? It's like this perfectly framed shot. And you mean to tell me that he didn't realize it till his review? I mean, it just, I didn't, I didn't care was the issue. And it hurt, it literally hurt me as a huge Spielberg film to feel this way about this movie because I, I don't want to be disrespectful to Spielberg. I mean, zero disrespect to Spielberg. I mean, zero disrespect to the fact that this is about his life, but it just like, I just didn't care. And I think for a man who had such an interesting start, I mean, Jaws was his third directorial credit and for a man to have such an interesting start to his career I don't know why he was like well what if I just took it back to when I was a kid and I would record model trains and not elaborate on that at all so no disrespect no disrespect I know there's a lot of discourse around this film and I truly mean this the utmost respect for Spielberg but it just I was really disappointed by it um Bobby what do you think since you're on the other side of everything uh that's a hard act to follow uh just because I I definitely there were parts of I the movie is not perfect by any means I think it was too long um there was definitely a point in the film where I was like okay we're we're wrapping up like roll the credits and then it goes on for another 15 minutes and I was like oh okay um like the point in the film where he's talking to his mother after the prom I thought that was when the movie was going to end and then it went on uh after that and I was like okay we could have cut there but um I think for me with Silberg and just seeing how he's worked through this particular part of his life with his his relationship with his parents and dealing with their divorce we've seen him work through it in some capacity or another throughout his entire filmography um like I think this is the culmination of an older Spielberg kind of at the the end of his life who has lived a lot of life and been able to really kind of not like sit back and think about it in a more rosier way but I think he's kind of made peace with a lot of things and so that's why it feels a little bit like sappy and saccharinely sweet at points um I think if this was a 
Jaws, Raiders of the Lost, are E.T. era Spielberg, I think it would feel a lot different. It would be a lot different of a film. Um, I definitely agree with you, Lex. I like hearing stories of him sneaking onto the Universal lot, onto like Hitchcock Productions and like getting to see. I thought we would see that. I thought that would be the he's working in the industry scene. But it it being him talking to John Ford, I was like, okay, that's great, I guess. And the Horizon thing, I was like, okay. Like, I don't know. I was like, that could have been a better ending. But I loved it because it was really like bringing up the idea of as artists like how do we use art as a cathartic chaotic thing and I think the whole like idea of he is scared of movies at first and so then he when he gets control of it that is when he can find the love for it I think that whole idea and dynamic really is interesting and I didn't think that he would I thought he would play it a lot more straight but I think there are a lot of diversions in bringing up commentary of the purpose of art and how we take in art and uh just like how we take in things that we love like his whole contention with his father who is very scientific and like very science and math oriented and he's like oh this is a good hobby like this is just a hobby for you and he's like no it's not a hobby it's like it's something real I think that was an interesting kind of like going back and forth I will say in critique of the film I think Michelle Williams did a great job I will agree she is very it is very drama club at certain points um I don't necessarily see her in that best actress race I think if she was running as best supporting actress there's something there um Gabriel LaBelle was a standout to me I think he did a phenomenal job uh I tweeted about this but I think his performance worked in two ways of it being Sammy is its own character but also you can see the Spielberg isms in that character too and I think it was like a really good like kind of layered performance in that way um but I don't know I think it's his best work in a very long time um I haven't been a fan of a lot of his recent releases and so to see this I went in with a lot of apprehension I was like I love you Spielberg but I I don't know if this is gonna be good and so I was shocked at how much I I loved it and I want to see it again and not a it's the premiere he's right there context but I think it was a very personal film it's a very like a man towards the end of his life reminiscing on on his life and kind of looking back on it with a little more sentimentality that got a little sappy at points but I think ultimately it was it seemed like a very cathartic experience for him and I don't know it was nice to it was nice to experience that but I definitely understand the critiques of it for sure um so I guess we also kind of touched on what worked in the movie as well. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to say about any positives before we get into negatives? I thought you were going to say negatives. But I really agree with Bobby about um, LaBelle. That was literally the reason I loved his performance so much mm-hmm. was that he really did make Sammy like a person, but also really if you watch like interviews with like young Spielberg, I feel like he really like nailed, like it wasn't an impersonation. It was like, just like an embodiment of it. And he like really meshed it well with the way Sammy was written as a fableman and not a Spielberg. And I really liked that. And um, 
I can't think of her name, but his girlfriend in high school. Oh my God. Yeah. She's a, a star. Her. A star. <laughs> love her. I was obsessed. The like bedroom sequence is really weird. <laughs> She's so good that okay. I missed her when that she was That bedroom on sequence is so tonally dissonant with the rest of the film. And yeah, that's yet, the thing that's it, so it was my favorite part. Like, it's, but I want to watch that movie because I also think that's the movie Michelle Williams is in, maybe? Yes, <laughs> a thousand percent. Okay, like, they should have shared, like, ten scenes together. Like, yes. I don't know if I would have survived it, like, my head, but, like, they had the same energy. But she's so good. I feel bad. I don't know her name. I'm really sorry. For it's Chloe, Chloe, Chloe East. East. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. More for her. Let's get her and Gabriel Bell and, like, another big movie where they're, like, the total leads and um but yeah i that was like a really good point bobby about him like straddling those two kind of lines because he was so good and i gotta say the mvp of the film for me is not a shocker to anyone who knows me but david lynch is just like what what is he doing like it is so funny it is perfect ridiculous. flawless no notes like you know yes. showed up one day on set was there for probably three hours never came back like i i i didn't like i because i felt the ending was the exact same as bobby like him and michelle williams in the kitchen i was like okay time to go and then it just kept going and i was like oh my god but I felt a lot of relief when it was finally David Lynch because I totally forgot he was in the movie because it just kept going. And I was like forgetting what was I literally at one point was like, is Seth Rogen going to show up? And I forgot that we had already had like an hour of Seth Rogen. Like I <laughs> but um, yeah, David Lynch, no notes. Just let him act more. Let him act more. And that guy was having so much fun. I don't know what he I wonder what he was thinking, honestly. Also, I really love Seth Rogen in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps an unpopular opinion, but that scene where he gives Sammy the camera is really just really beautifully played on his part and all the things that he's not saying that you can feel him like wanting to say or trying to say without saying them is it it's just really really good and i know that everyone talking about like paul dano or judd hirsch for that supporting actor nomination but seth is where it's at this is the second time that he should have gotten an oscar nomination and will not after Steve Jobs, and yeah, I I like this movie a lot on like a scene by scene basis. Like if we're going like I love, and that became really clear for me on a second watch um, that I did. Like after there are certain movies that like I acknowledge like the heat of the festival moment was maybe not the best for this movie, and maybe like I deserve to give it another chance away from seeing a million movies in one day. Um, and so I went when uh, it, it opened here in New York and I brought um, a friend of a friend of mine, a former coworker. And I, I liked it better the second time, but it still feels like the whole is a little less than the sum of its parts because I like each scene on an individual basis, but they don't all always feel like they're part of the same whole tonally for me um and i think that in some ways i think that's uh 
intentional. Like I do think Michelle Williams was that was a choice that she and Spielberg made to have her be that big and out there. And I get it. It doesn't work for me in context of the movie and in context of the tone that everything else seems to be going for. And I get that, like why her and Paul Dano are in such different registers, but again, with the way that everything else is on a more naturalistic tone and less sort of heightened reality, um, it just felt very weird and off to me tonally so that while I like everything in the moment while I'm watching it, when it ends, I'm like, Huh. That yeah. was that was nice. That that was good, I guess. But like I, I've heard so many people say like it's Spielberg's best movie and one of the best films of the year. And I'm just like like, girl, what 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 are you smoking? What 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 movie did <laughs> what cut of this did you see? Because I would like to see that cut of this movie. <laughs> I also agree that, like, I think that there's some scenes in it that are really nice. Like, I really enjoyed the Judd Hirsch scene, but I also think it comes out of nowhere in the movie, and then that goes, like, nowhere in a way. And I think the issue is that, to me, it sort of feels like um, it's a movie that, like, has a lot of interesting ideas running through it, but Spielberg never lets any one idea, like, fully form. So you're just kind of jumping around, and I'm like, okay, is this a movie about his parents divorce is this a movie about him becoming a filmmaker is this a movie about like and I think those could have been tied together more if they kind of stressed the idea more of his mother feeling stifled like as an artist but they never even really tell us like why she married his dad and gave all of that up and I also then think then it pivots to try to be like this is a movie about anti-semitism which again like that would be a fine movie in and of itself if he was like I turned to filmmaking partially because it gave me like, you know, an out from what I was experiencing or if he stressed more that like, and then my dad took us away from a place that we felt accepted. Um, but it feels like there's a lot of places where he could have drawn lines and he just didn't. Um, and so to me, a lot of it felt very disjointed. And I also had the same thing where like, I thought the movie was over and I was about to get ready to pack up and go. And then it kept going. And I was like, never mind. Uh, and it felt so damn long to me. It's And, you know, I am one of those people that I have nothing against a long movie. I, like, Titanic is one of my favorite films of all time. But I also do not like a movie that feels long, especially if it's not actually that long. And, like, this movie feels to me so much longer than it is. But my biggest issues with it really are the way that he portrays his parents. Because I think that the way that his mother's mental health, if you want to call it that, is portrayed is really poorly done. Like, first of all, I mean, obviously I know that like there are less things going, you know, less was known in that time period. But I think that we've had other movies set in this time period that have portrayed mental health like really well. And I mean, I even think about something like The Hours. Um... And this sort of just goes with, like, his mom's kind of crazy. She gets a monkey. And it feels like it never is really certain what it wants to say. And I think that there's, like, something that it could have pushed with this idea of, like, you know, she feels stifled as an artist. She can't connect to her husband, et cetera, et cetera. And instead, it really does seem like she leaves because she wants to bang Seth Rogen. Like, that's kind of all that I ever got from it. 
And I think that it portrays her for a lot of the film in a really unsympathetic light, which to me, like also, I'm sorry, but I love Paul Dano. I've never seen Paul Dano be this unlikable. And I'm including his performance earlier this year as the Riddler. Like, I would rather go to dinner with the Riddler than this man. Um, If my husband started talking to me. I'm just saying (laughs) you and Tumblr are on two different aspects of this. Because Tumblr is all about. All of, what is his name? Burt Fableman? They're Bert. all about him. Listen, I, was, Bert Fableman in uh, fiction. I was innocent. Yes. I was on Tumblr. I was like, oh, I need yeah. to find a GIF of this movie to tweet out my reaction. And all I come across is dirty, dirty fan fiction no. about, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't understand. I don't, he would start trying <laughs> to explain some mathematical thing to you. And, well, that doesn't do it for me maybe it does for some people I don't really know I'm not trying to like kink shame out here but like <laughs> well that scene weird. where there's a tornado and she's trying to get the kids okay, in the car that's, that's and the he's only, like oh like, where are you going I'm like is this a joke my real gripe with this movie is if you watch the Steven Spielberg documentary on HBO I think it's from 2017 I'm pretty sure 2017 it is mm-hmm. so good and his parents are both in it, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Like, but the whole thing is talking about, similar to what Bobby brought up, that he's been working through this his entire filmography. Yep. Like, Close Encounters with the Third Kind, E.T., all of these movies are about broken families. And that's a reason that those movies work so well for me, is that they're, like, big movies, but they're personal on a certain, like, scale. But that documentary, he is so open about he really was so mean to his dad for years because he just truly thought that he abandoned his family. And I was so confused watching this movie because it feels (laughs) so mean to his mother. And I was so taken aback because I thought it was going to be the opposite. And it felt like he was mean to both of his parents And I never at any point felt like they explained or even hinted at the mother having a mental illness. It was literally like, she is kooky. She's driving her children into a tornado. And I was like, I understand like you're kind of like you show her start crying. But I thought she was crying because she was having a fight with Paul Dano. Not because she was really struggling or going through something. Like, it just wasn't really like well painted enough to for me to be like oh she's having some mental problems she needs to work through like or she needs help or something like it was very much like my mother is cheating and she's leaving her family because she's having sex with someone else and I was like what and then also going back to what Lex said about him not knowing (laughs) what he was filming if you are such a good director, how are you not seeing what you How did he frame that one shot perfectly eight. in like the lower third? It was like he the didn't lower see third. It. It was and it's a super eight, okay? It's not like today where you're just burning around with your iPhone. You had to put your eye in the little viewfinder. <laughs> like, 
and like it was like really intimate when he was filming like what we saw i just also i gotta also, say honestly, how did she not notice him filming that that's how did she not notice? because she okay. was dangerously close to the rest of her family yeah that's the other like, thing hey, you're listen. risking it all on a camping trip not just with your husband with all of your children with all of your children who are all I, the girls are bold just that was bold very bold yeah. very bold but like, and for the 1950s very very, very bold. even bolder <laughs> Um, I also just like that she the like, haircut was also bold. The haircut. The haircut. That was a choice. <laughs> was a I, choice. I also like wonder like what would his parents think? I don't know if they're bo- they're both no longer around, right? His dad lived to be 103. I looked at Wow. Like Damn. he died like okay. they think he died recently. Of, I hope Paul Dano does this portrayal. Like I I do feel like the scene at the end or towards the end where he's going through, like he keeps getting rejection letters and he's like talking to his dad. I really like that scene. And I really like Paul Dano in that scene, but because it feels like sympathetic towards him, finally, like he's realizing like he's an adult trying to make ends meet. And like, he sees that it's hard and it's just him yet. He's living with his dad. Like he's not really like on his own, you know, or whatever, like, but then it kind of just like doesn't go anywhere and then it feels too late for it and i just i just really feel strongly that like there are scenes that work but they don't all work together yet it feels so long yet i feel like it was missing maybe 20 minutes tying everything together throughout the film yeah there's something about the judd hirsch scene when he says that like basically like the like the burden of the artist and how he's making something representative and that's a burden and that felt like especially the second time i watched it like that should be a through line mm-hmm. and instead it like like is kind of hinted at with his mother a little bit and then it comes back when he actually does make the thing what it when it comes back when he makes the the movie of the trip and then Kind of comes back when he makes the the Ditch Day movie, but for Which, some reason it didn't feel like a through line. It mm-hmm. because I I wasn't really getting that as a theme of the movie. It was just one thread of many. Does that make sense? For sure. Also, side note: now that you brought up Ditch Day, was anybody else like, "Holy shit, the camera's gonna get stolen. The camera's gonna <laughs> break." And how I was many like, times did they say how expensive that camera was? I, I was like, I paid like twelve hundred dollars or something like that, right? And this is like the fifty. Yeah. And I love that the girl was like, like "Oh yeah, my dad will just give it to you." I kept okay, thinking her dad fire. was um, David Lynch. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Her dad, David Lynch. Like, I that's why I camera. see what they were going for. I, I get what Spielberg was trying to do with the whole bit. But the whole bit with the school bullies pissed me off like nothing else I've seen this year. Because I'm so sorry. But the way that it tries to like redeem the like blonde jock man. And like the fact. Semitic. The fact that he gets the girl that he cheated on back in the end, I was like, honey, Caitlin Deaver look alike. You're better than him. Like, okay, that for me. Yeah, go forth and find like, another. Like, he he made the meanest, most anti-Semitic comments. And then they're like, I honestly thought they were going to be gay for a second. Like, and he caught it. Literally. Yeah. Like, I was like, what are we in for? Like, I was so confused. But he just made, like, this really puff piece kind of film. And I was like, okay. And I just didn't understand why he was like, I just did it because I'm a nice guy. I was like, 
okay, like I, I just, it made no sense to me. And I was like, aren't we past this, like, like making these like tropes in 2022? Like, I don't understand. It felt so, and I know he's looking back, but it just felt so weird to spend like, it was like 15 minutes on. Yeah. And at a point, cause it's, cause I agree. I, I think like everybody said like that last scene he has with Michelle Williams, you think it's over and then it just keeps, and I can't remember if the prom scenes before or after that, but like, I don't, and I don't know. The prom scene is before that because he tells oh, her that, that he broke up with her. That's right. That's right. Cause I think the scene with Michelle Williams is right after that, yeah. but the, but and like, I don't, I didn't understand because it's like we, and this is, this is far from my like biggest issue with this film. So like, I'm just really just getting to the nitty gritties at this point, but like, I feel like, you know, we, we see the, the model train wreck short film that he makes and we see the one with the boy scouts and then we see the camping trip sans the affair and it's like, okay, we get it. The man likes to take his camera around and like, and make little movies we get it like and i'm sorry but i understand this was the 50s or 60s but in at my high school i was like i made a film and i want to show it at prom it would have been bullied relentlessly on the spot like no one would be like cheering and gathering around to like view my film i would i would not i would not be able to show my face in school again and so it's i just don't i didn't understand like the point that that it that that because it didn't really drive him forward in his career at all it's just okay like we get it dude like we've spent 20 minutes establishing you like to make little movies little eye movie movies what's funny is is my school my school did that (laughs) we had someone make an entire like movie and brought people together and it was basically a documentary of my high school and it played every year a different senior made it for every uh senior class wow we did that at my high school but we had like a film club and that was like their whole purpose honestly Uh, oh yeah they got funding but like i don't remember watching it unless also was there ever a year where they made it like all about this one shirtless dude to the point that that it was like it's the man making this movie gay (laughs) also did they drop ice cream in people's eyes insinuating that it was bird poo like i was the school happy I was going to say, this school was not my school. school. I also am just so confused about the um, the girl breaking up with him. Like, it felt so weird. Like, And him buying her the cross necklace. Though I actually thought him buying her the cross necklace was actually really funny. That was so funny. I thought that that was one part I did. Like, when they were in the car, I did love that part. I, it's, it was like a really nice way of being like oh he's jewish and he doesn't belong and that was like the only time that that story trope like worked for me yeah because i will say this begrudgingly but i walked out of this movie and i was like you know what armageddon time was not that bad like i (laughs) i just i feel like there it was the bagel was a bit much for me and I'm sure that these things actually happened yes. to him. I'm like, sure they don't did. doubt. Yeah, but it's just like it didn't add or do anything for the story, really, because he never really like expressed this like anguish of being like I'm Jewish and I don't understand my identity here. 
like he just like kind of brought it up and then like moved on but like the things that the bully were saying were like really dark and like i just felt like like i was then worried that he was going to commit suicide honestly like the way that the bullies went from being like christ killer to like anyways bagels um felt very (laughs) jarring to me like and I just, like, it's so weird because I'm pretty sure in Armageddon time, his stand-in is much younger than Sammy Fableman at the end of the Fablemans. Um, only a few years. I think he's in his first year in high school but as opposed seems, to a senior. He seems to really, like, understand the weight of the things his grandfather is telling him and that he's kind of hearing about like at his school when he goes to the new school like he understands like the weight of it being wrong and i feel like sammy Feeleman's like ah it's so hard compared to my old school where everyone loved me like it just feels like well it just felt like the it wasn't so much about him being jewish as it was like he moved to a school where everyone was already friends and they weren't letting him join in on all the reindeer games like i like I don't know it just felt very much like new kid it was senior year they didn't want him there versus like he was jewish and they didn't want him there yeah and i was just like honestly expecting more depth to that if they were going to add that into this like overstuffed movie like i really feel like he should have focused more on like either the filmmaking aspect or the family disjointedness because his sisters and him like really struggled to stay close as he's talked about so like them being at the tiff premiere is like a really big deal and i feel like it just felt like he should have focused more on that versus like trying to add in more with like the anti-semitism and it just if it would have gone somewhere i would have been more interested in it but it just felt like he was like kind of sprinkling it in as an afterthought or maybe there was more and they cut it out or something to make it more of like a crowd pleaser kind of movie. But I just like wanted more from that if he was going to include it as darkly as he did. If it was just the bagel thing, I would have been like, okay, but like the Christ killer, there was something else he said that was really awful. It was mm-hmm. like, what was the point of going to take horrible extremes for no reason? Like, it just was like it just made me uncomfortable honestly and then like we moved on and there was nothing to it and that was what made me like it kind of like took me out of the movie which like could be intentional but like if but for what like i just don't understand what it was for especially if he just makes like a fluff piece movie about them at the end and then they like high five and move on like i don't understand i get it you're a nice guy steve i get it i get it that's like one of my biggest that is one of my biggest issues with this film is I think from where it's got like so many different issues happening and it can't really decide which one it wants to focus on I think like my biggest issue and I it goes back to what I was saying earlier about like I just couldn't bring myself to really care about Sammy which like is unfortunate because he's supposed to represent my favorite director but like I think it's because it just every single issue that gets thrown on him he just kind of shrugs it off as like yeah but I love movies and it's like well okay it's like his mom is having an affair and he's like ah man I am mad about that but you know what I love movies and they're like ah true and then they move on or it's like he's getting bullied at school and he's like "Mm, but you know what I made a movie and it's like ah okay and so now the bullies are high-fiving him and it's just I don't he doesn't really like to have theirs being 
so many struggles through like presented in this film he doesn't really go through them it's the people around him like his parents are the ones struggling his mom is the one struggling and Seth Rogen's the one struggling but like he just sloughs it all off and I don't know if that's supposed to if that's intentional of like to suggest that you know Spielberg persevered through all of it I mean I don't know but it like Sammy just does not seem to be bothered at any point other than when his dad says that filmmaking is a hobby, which again could be intentional, but it it's just you're dealing with like you're you're dipping your toes in these really serious issues, but like the lack of commitment, like I it, it just I never is what keeps me from getting to the point where I care about any of them really happening. Yeah, can I tell um, you my my theory since someone brought up Armageddon time please. that is that Judd Hirsch and Anthony Hopkins should have switched roles. Because Armageddon Time needed that more authentic Jewish Jewish. presence. Someone Jewish. It needed anyone Jewish. (laughs) Um, And I think that I, I love Judd Hirsch's performance in uh, Fablemans, but like in sort of keeping with my like the tone here seems to change drastically from scene to scene. I feel like Hopkins, the his more like grounded sensibilities would have made that scene land even harder and with more of a weight that would have felt in keeping with what else was happening in in that movie. So that's my big 2022 casting thing. I feel like it's the one casting thing every year. If that happens, Spielberg would have never let Anthony Hopkins near the sun. That's true. Oh my God, you're so right. That could have fixed everything. He would have known. He could have fixed everything. He would have fixed everything. I do love Jeff though. Does anyone else have any like final thoughts? Um... Anna, I feel like you haven't gotten to talk about worried that you're. She frozen. hasn't given any. Thoughts. Like literally, like you yeah, know, literally like, worried that you, you are Elsa, like, but the cold she... is bothering you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys? And are you? Okay? I genuinely, I'm just happy to be here, and like I miss this energy, and I miss just like just like, you know. Just like watching and listening um to y'all. I will say, like, I y'all covered the negatives, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um and I it is good to hear like um other people's perspectives on it. Not that I disagree with it because I don't. I think that like I think Nicole said, um, it does feel very disjointed and sometimes I did wish that it was I am such a sucker for like kid has a passion in small town and people don't understand and like and he could have he could have um focused on um that a little more or like you know picked a a narrative and it does bounce around a little much um especially I remember watching some of the bullying stuff and I was like I thought this was like I thought this was going to be like filmmaking I thought it was so cool how like he figured out how to make it look like explosions or you know gunshots using a piece of wood and I wanted to see more of that and I wanted to see him sneaking into studios and I wanted to see him like I thought originally like we were gonna see like 
maybe like young adult Spielberg, like directing, like first feature, like, you know, figuring out things. And um, that's not what I got. But it's still like the movie felt and maybe I was at the premiere like Bobby. Okay. Spielberg was there. I was like, it was overwhelming. Um, But it really got to me as like a struggling artist. But like, I have my own great uncle Boris and like, he is my great uncle. And he says the exact same things to me when like my parents, you know, don't understand why would you write about movies when you're supposed to watch them? And I mean, they're supportive, but like, you know, family doesn't understand your passions all the time. I have a mother who didn't follow her calling. She wanted to be a veterinarian. And um, I have been exasperated, you know, when you're getting all these denials and stuff and you're like, when will be my break? I'm working so hard and nobody will recognize this, but it's art. So like people, you know, it's not as valued as, you know, being a plumber or being a lawyer or being a nurse. Um, and so it just, it hit all those like in the heart though, this is like my heart talking, um, all those points to me where I was like, oh my God, like it, it just, I don't know. It, it was just very, um, it was very special in that way to me. Um, but I know it's not perfect at all. And this is why I did want it to go more of a different like sentimental like film growing up you know direction like that um so yeah I I I agree with you guys on a lot of points um but I still like at the end of the day I did enjoy it and it did like it it touched me it touched my heart um because I felt I felt seen that's so horrible that I just said that um but like I don't know it's like Spielberg um put his story out there and he's like oh like if you know kids or young artists are going through this I went through this so like you know it'll be okay and like keep loving film and keep creating and um at the end of the day like that's what it's all about so I don't know that's that's all I wanted to say <laughs> I will say like I feel like I sound like very negative on this movie. Like I like this movie. It's good. It's a good movie. It's Wait, just not when I, I saw right. it and I tweeted like, oh, it didn't work for me. And all I said was it didn't work for me. Dan texted me and it was the first time I realized he didn't love it because he was not like <laughs> open. Like not like you just like weren't like, oh, I had negatives about it online. And I was like, there's more than one of us. Like it was such a very nice moment. But I do want to say I understand people that, like, it works for because it is very sentimental and therapeutic, despite yeah. him not saying the word therapeutic in press. But um, I just thought of something else negative, and then I'll stop talking about this movie. Um, there's a scene where Michelle Williams is like, you really see me to Sammy. And I literally was like, I don't like, I don't know any of your motivations or anything. And if we're like, I just feel like I didn't understand what she was saying. He was seeing, you know, and I wish there was more of that. If he wanted this movie to be more framed about the family versus like what I think we were all hoping for a bit, which is like our own expectations, faults about yeah. wanting to see him sneaking on the studio lots but i would have loved to see like 
at least him getting that first like feature movie like like tv movie like it would have been so i just honestly someone can make a sequel and i won't yell at them for making a sequel if it's about him and coppola and scorsese and um i feel so bad the star wars guy george lucas george lucas like all of them kenzie i'm leaving (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry but you You will not disrespect my father george lucas this way i'm so sorry i'm so sorry but i feel like that would be so cool to like see like you know portrayed like that but i just i i wish i liked it i wish i did i'll probably give that another chance once i can watch it at home but I think I have it ranked at like 38 or something. Um, I it's a good movie. I, I just I feel like it's a good sorry, movie. I, I need to speak up because like we haven't mentioned the greatest cinematic moment of the year. We talked about I made <laughs> oh my god really, wait you're right like i just need that gif like where like internet how is this, this gif not exist yet i need it in my life i'm just gonna throw it into every conversation whenever like it isn't whatever the conversation a isn't about me or b isn't going <laughs> in a direction i like or just like literally anything just any conversation i'm just gonna randomly tweet it i'm just gonna randomly tweet it i'm in therapy you gotta I, wait for a day that the film Twitter discourse is like yeah. really pop it off and then just tweet that. No context. Truly just like what an iconic moment. That and should be her Oscar clip. I, I truly like I'm really like, you know, if she if she wins, which like she very well might, like I will content myself in believing that it is for that moment <laughs> and that moment alone. I like that. Bless Michelle Williams. Um, I'm sorry. Any I didn't other, like the rest of your performance. Any other final thoughts? Um, so, Jacob, you on. haven't talked enough about this movie, and no, you like, liked am, it. I'm genuinely curious because, like, I do like hearing from people who this movie yeah. really worked for about like why it worked for them. And I feel so, like we've okay. been spending a lot of time that, tearing I'm it to asking, shreds, and I want I would, someone to. Defend I would like it. to hear more from you too, Bobby. Like I'm like, why? Yeah, I'm asking not like zero us. judgment, like, and like I genuinely mean that. Yeah. Um, I guess just for me, uh, I kind of echo a lot of what Anna said. I have, you know, my my the greatest show on earth was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Secret, and seeing the dogs. I'm for the so first sorry. Time. What the Sorcerer's Secret? I'm oh, so sorry. Not so I have not heard of this movie. Sorcerer, what porno Sorcerer version Stone. of Harry Potter were you watching? <laughs> I What was the sorcerer's <laughs> secret? Because he had a stone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jacob's um, a true Harry Potter fan. Well, His house is Griffin Puff. <laughs> um, the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, that was my The Greatest Show on Earth. The dog uh, scene was one where I didn't, sl- I remember not sleeping all night. And I was like four when I saw it. Um, but it was like the first big movie that I remember going to. And I've, I've, you know, I've been in the room where, you know, I've had the conversations of my dad saying, you know, this is a hobby. I just, I just 
Thanksgiving had a whole conversation with everyone where I was telling them like, yeah, I want to go do film studies and write about movies and stuff. And they said, oh, what are you going to do with that? Make documentaries? It's like, no, that's not even close to what I'm doing. Um, so for me, it was just, I just kind of resonated a lot with it, with what, for me, it was trying to say is how film can perceive reality and how a movie can change your thoughts on a specific thing. Because I got into, I really got into movies kind of at a low point in my life. And it was something to where movies were, you know, if I was having a bad day or something bad was going on, I could always go to a movie to watch it and uplift my spirits. And it seemed for me that that's a lot of the times that um, in the movie that Sam, you know, had that calling back to, uh, back to actually directing. I know, um, I know everyone's talking about it in one way or, the, or another, but the scene where his parents are fighting and he's going around it with the camera, like out of body before he decides to actually direct the, um, the ditch day was something that I personally loved because I thought it was like, you know, you're seeing this moment that is not great, but how can he, you know, change it to make it his own type of version. And I think for me, that was the message of the movie was how film can be altered and be changed and how you can make it however you want. And I think, especially with his own home movies, it was all about, you know, how can I, how can I change this to make this something that, um, that works and something that I want it to be. And that, so for me, that was the entire through line of the movie for me was how film can change you and how film can alter what you're seeing. Um, even all the way up to the very end with the whole John Ford thing and the horizons, I it's self-indulgent and it's cheesy and I get it. And sometimes it didn't work and sometimes it did. Um, but for me, I just, it worked for me for the most part. I was able to, I was able to really kind of connect with it and um, you know, throughout the whole movie, I just really felt like, like Anna said, not to take her words, but I felt seen throughout the whole thing as in like, I can put myself in these positions and I've been at every stage of this almost. Bobby, do you have anything? Yeah, of course. Um, I think just like echoing what you said, what Anna said, um, I definitely felt seen and I've never had the the desire to like be a filmmaker like but I love movies like I love talking about movies I love dissecting movies I love every aspect of it and I think the scene that got me in a way that I wasn't intent like expecting it to is when he's directing his friend and mm. he's like okay like you know you're he's trying to be it's it was a very like it felt like that was Gabriel LaBelle like channeling Spielberg like because if you've seen him direct his actors he's very physical and very like okay you gotta like put your thinking cap on and you're thinking like this and you're thinking like that and his friend at first just being like so you just want me to act and he's like well yeah I want you to act but like here's why I want you to act and here's his, your motivation his face in that scene it was so said, funny it's it so, was so funny yeah. that is Dude, the best thing to to out. but then he like that moment where Sammy gets into his 
heart, but not in a sentimental way, in a way that this boy who was like, oh, you just want me to act, but he really understands the motivation of this character in this little short film. And then he really embodies it. And I just think that part of the movie and a couple different scenes just got me because it was like this guy is has this passion for filmmaking that doesn't solely rest on the pretentiousness of film, right? It just comes at a fundamental love for the medium and a love for all of the the bits and bobs of it. And like Anna said, like the him poking the holes in the paper and it making it look like, you know, like gunshots and just the the physical aspect of it and the part like for a stretch of the movie, he kind of puts filmmaking down when he realizes the weight of it and how it hurt someone that he loved and his mother, like exposing her to the fact that he had all this footage of her and um, Seth, I forgot his name, Seth Rogen's character, like having the affair. He puts filmmaking down for a long time. And it's not until Monica is like, oh, you should like, film ditch day like you like movies like you should film ditch day he has this apprehension because he's seen what his expression of art has done it's caused harm instead of joy and so he's apprehensive and I like that that journey of him getting back to no this thing can be good and bad there is no good or bad it is just art and that it has a kind of a winding sense of 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 meanings um I don't know. I, I think the flaws of the movie don't outweigh just the just raw emotion of it. Um, I think Spielberg in, like I said, like in the um, in a, such an older state of stage of his life being so vulnerable. There was something about that that just I don't know, like it, it's, it was just really nice to see. And in a weird way, it felt and this is solely like this is solely subjective this is not anything that I don't think every single audience member should have felt but it felt like in watching and him being the reason why I love film to be able to pay pay that debt back to him and be able to watch why he fell in love with film was such a beautiful process that was like so personal and I think that's why this movie I'm able to overlook all of the other things that are about it that are not great and I was able to connect and be like wow, like this is, this is the magic of cinema. Like, this is why we love it. This is why we do it, you know? Um, so yeah. I actually really love getting to hear, like, I loved hearing all of that. And honestly, you said a few things on that that like weren't exactly how I had interpreted it. So now I'm kind of like, I need to go back and watch it because I think you're right. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do love sometimes like hearing people talk about a movie like this that just really proves like how subjective film is and how like there are some films that you're either going to connect with it or you're not and I think that that's like kind of a beautiful thing about any art you know it's obviously it's the same for like visual art or theater or dance or anything like that too and I feel like I've you know I'm really enjoying hearing why you guys like did connect with it um while also like you know, getting to hear why other people didn't. I am very frustrated by, I feel like, on film Twitter right now, there's this sort of attitude of, like, if you criticize it, then you hate Steven Spielberg and want him to never make another movie again. Um, here's here's the thing about that, is that I think the people who say that, I don't think actually understood. Because 
how I'm saying it and how Bobby's saying it and how Anna's saying it. And honestly, how you three or you four have been saying it as well. Like that is what the, like the movie is about is almost about divisiveness. And the movie is almost about, you know, I, as a filmmaker, am going to make a movie and what you get out of it is up to your own interpretation. And I think that comes through in the, um, in the ditch day scene where he tells him, he says, all I did was put up a camera and it had this very profound effect on, you know, the bully character. Um, and I do think that that, you know, for me is what made the movie so great is it almost like embraces it. And it's like, yeah, like I can, you know, film can be liked, film can be hated, film can be whatever. Um, but it's all up to the viewer's interpretation. And I think for me, that's what the whole movie was about, was about viewer interpretation and, you know, what you get out of it is what, um, is what you personally take from it. And so I think there are a lot of people on Twitter who are, you know, awful. And I don't think any, you, any of you guys deserve any of the hate you've been getting. Um, but I also think the people on Twitter who are saying that kind of stuff didn't quite understand the movie itself um didn't quite understand that you know what the movie is saying is you don't have to like or love everything what the movie is saying is get out of it what you want or what you you know you feel or your emotions or everything like that i will say kind of just and also being relatively new in like the film critic world and so this is like my first time getting caught up in discourse and boy is it fun um i will say that like I like disagreeing about things with people. I like it's hearing so much more other interesting. Pers- yes, sorry, Dan. I didn't really so Jacob just leaned over and I thought <laughs> that was Jacob and I was like, Jacob, what did you just do with your voice? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but but right, like it is more interesting. Like life would be so boring if we all watched the same movie and we're like all had the same thoughts on it, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I like the discourse and if if people do like this movie I don't judge them like that's fine there's plenty of movies that I love I mean I genuinely love the room like I genuinely watch that a couple times a year so like wh- wh- what do I have to judge anybody for but like the I think like what I don't understand in the part that I'm getting frustrated with like I genuinely like hearing perspectives of like why people like this movie I, I'll echo Nicole of like you know Bobby you brought up a lot of things that I not thought about that I thought it's a good perspective and it like changed my view on that and Jacob and Anna I thought you both brought up good points it's just like I think like what I don't understand is like why is it that it's listen I love things very very passionately if you insult Eddie Munson I'm gonna maybe like give you a dirty look but I'm not gonna wish you dead like that's (laughs) what I don't get is like why is it a either or of like you either like this movie or you fucking hate films at all and i'm just like that's the part i don't get and that's the part i'm getting frustrated with and i do think admittedly like going into this movie no like having already gotten a taste of what this discourse was like and seeing like you know nicole tweeted something about it and people just like went after her and it's just like it kind of already put a bad taste in my mouth going into the film and i wanted to like it and i don't think ultimately you know, the discourse ruined it for me. I think if I had liked it more, I would have liked it more, but I genuinely just didn't. Um, But this is, and this is the thing that I don't get. It's just, I don't understand why there has to be such like, I don't get why this movie is so divisive, really. It's like, 
people don't like movies sometimes it just it happens I, I don't I also it. feel like it's such a funny movie for people to be like so up in arms over because I feel like I'm trying to figure out how to put this and it like come across the right way but like I don't really like the movie but I don't hate it yeah like and I, I like people who love the movie like if people don't like the movie they're not like I I just don't understand why people who like love this movie are like um there are people who love this movie so much that they feel the need to tell everyone that like who doesn't like it that they're wrong. Like I genuinely don't understand Without because I feel like is and the I thing feel that like here's the thing. other thing like it they has... they I feel like you like yeah. I tweeted that it did not work for me and I felt its runtime and it got to the point where I deleted it because the replies I was getting were like you're dumb and you don't like movies and like who cares what you think and it was from people like I know and kind of admire whereas like most people that you would talk to are probably like Bobby where they are providing like a reasoning for why it worked for them and like Mm -hmm. Bobby explaining like that he felt he put hurt into the world is not the way I interpreted it and now I want to watch it again to say like to see that play out because maybe I will walk away with a better view of the film overall because I wa- I took that as like a selfish thing. Like he felt he was hurt, not like look what he did to his family in a sense. And that is so much more interesting. And like, those are the conversations Lex and Dan and Nicole and I are saying we want to have, like you want to have disagreements with people and then yeah. be like, well, this is what I got- took away from it. And then me be like, oh, I will check it out again to see that. Not like I just me turning expect... my DMs off because I'm getting told I'm a dumb woman I can't see. Like I don't. I did not expect for this think... film to have stands that remind me a little bit of the House of Gucci. Stands. It's like... also like yes. there's a Darren Aronofsky film on the horizon. Can you guys be divisive <laughs> over that? Not like a Steven Spielberg like like heel click movie. Like like I just didn't think this movie was ten out of ten. I didn't think it was like one out of ten i just didn't think it was i'm well, not I mean, i did but <laughs> well like and the thing is though it's like the thing i don't get about this movie specifically is like it's not like it's steven spielberg he's gonna be okay like yes. he is going he's not fine. logging on and seeing you defending him being like his great 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 grandchildren are gonna be able to pay for college like he's he's gonna be okay. It has like, the same energy as people who feel like they personally need to defend the MCU right. from like, like high it's level a billion dollar thing. Well, also, and also I'm it's like, like this whole movie is a flex. Like what he's doing, ninety five percent of this movie, other directors could not pull off. And I'm not like taking away from that by being like Michelle Williams made me feel a little drunk while watching it. Like that, <laughs> like. It doesn't matter what I think. Like, it's just an opinion. Relax. Like, not to quote the legendary Miss Britney Spears, but, like, it's a movie. It's pretend. You should know that. Like, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think, like, especially in the last week on film Twitter, uh, because, Lex, I'm the same with you. I'm not, like, a a critic proper, um, but this is my first time on film Twitter, and it is hell. Um, but I, I think I really, I thought about it because I tweeted something that was essentially a very lukewarm take 
But I think the cult of authorship really has filmed Twitter in a chokehold. I think people feel like it becomes this turf war when it comes to directors. And it the same discourse, like, Nicole, when you brought up, like, people defending the MCU, I felt that same way about the MCU stands, but also the people that are like, Scorsese can't even get a film made. He can. He's Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I promise yeah. you he can get a film made. <laughs> he's, he, he, can, yeah. he can get a film made, babe. He's good. He's so mm-hmm. good. Um, great. Tarantino Steven. is not going to see your tweets. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to see your tweets. He's not like none of these directors who have like multiple commas next to their net worth are are struggling. But I think people really because of the power of film, which is what Jacob brought up, like the power of that film can have on people. These directors then become heroes to a lot of people. And anytime anyone's like, oh, this film didn't work for me, they're like, oh so you hate good cinema then and it's like no it's just not every film works and that's the Mm -hmm, whole point like like what carl lambley said the creator of universal like movies are meant to make you cry laugh or sit on the edge of your seat like they are supposed to make you feel things and that is the whole point and that is the whole point of criticism and discourse is to talk and to dissect because it's it's supposed to be from a shared love a film and it just seems like that I, I would agree i don't know why this is the movie like this is a very personal piece it's not going to resonate with everyone and that's kind of the standard du jour for most like semi-autobiographical pieces so it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it's coming out of left field um but i think some people really want to treat movies uh kind of like turf wars and it's so not necessary i think that is kind of the the uh, downside of authorship in that way like people get really defensive over filmmakers who were fine more than fine actually i think yeah. you really yeah. nailed it with that like i and think like, that like, that just is because the issue just because we movie people don't have like sports teams like doesn't mean we have to like throw start stand wars amongst directors like their sports teams this is not there isn't winners or losers in art that's one of the great things about it like even when it comes to the oscars like yeah someone that's why they change it from the winner is to the oscar goes to because there aren't winners or losers they acknowledge that it's basically just a popularity contest it's what like, it is and I, that's fine i pride myself on not being the kind of person who goes out and like burns a car in the street after yeah. a game like <laughs> so i don't want to see that start to happen on twitter <laughs> yeah and like and while we're at it can we also please stop denigrating uh films based on other films when they're not made by the same director or even in the same year and just happen to have like the same cursory like about a director's youth like i'm sorry like this is the fablemans is a very different film from armageddon time is a very different film from belfast like th- there is no need to put any one of those movies down because you happen to like one of the other ones better. No need. Yeah. Um, and to quickly move on from all that to the awards prospects. Um, I mean, we touched on it a little bit ahead, but if we wanted to quickly rattle off what we think this will be nominated for, what we think it will win. Um does anyone want to get started? 
Okay, I'll start. Obviously, I think this is a film that we see getting a lot of nominations. Um, I think anytime like Spielberg enters the chat, um, you kind of expect that. And I think that last year, West Side Story proved that like Spielberg does not need box office. He doesn't need a film to be like critically well-reviewed across the board. Um, he's still going to get in there because he's Spielberg. And I'm not even saying that like as some sort of diss or something like he's earned that right. I do think it there you do see that thing with the Oscars where like there are people that they just like and like they will nominate Meryl Streep because she like breathed near a film. Um, (laughs) But I think that Spielberg is kind of one of those people. So I definitely think that we're going to see it get into multiple categories. I think I mean, obviously, this is getting a Best Picture nomination. Uh. There are a few categories, though, where I feel like I cannot have any concept of what is going to happen. Like, I'm not even positive if this gets into Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor, who it gets in for. Like, is it Paul Dano? Is it Jude Hirsch? Is it Seth Rogen out of nowhere? Like, weirder things have happened. Um, Will Michelle Williams get in? Everyone is saying Judd Hirsch is going to Judy Dench's way in because he's old. And I'm like, what if it's Seth Rogen? Yeah. I would love that. Okay, listen, ever since <laughs> ever since what happened with Lakeith happened, I'm like, we never know what's coming. Um like but... the way that people use Judy Dench as like a conversation thing, I'm like, okay, well, I use Lakeith Stanfield because what was that? Like I still don't what there happened? was no there was no lead of the movie. <laughs> I truly thought that was like a type like a, a typo or something at first. That was definitely one of those like, holy shit, they should not do the Oscar nominations at 5 a.m. Because I was like, what is happening? <laughs> But I really feel like I need a little bit more time to get a good feel on what's going to happen with Michelle Williams because I think we all were thrown for a loop because we all thought she was going to win Supporting Actress and then they announced she was running lead. Uh, And lead is such, like, well, lead actress is such a stack category this year. And I do feel like it is sort of a, like, Kate versus Danielle battle right now, at least I hope it is with maybe like Michelle Yao thrown in the mix. But I also feel like I can't, I, I could see Michelle Williams winning. I could so could see her not getting nominated, which is sort of a weird place to be. And I personally don't think Fablemans is winning picture um, because of the fact that picture tends to sort of flip flop back and forth between something that's more of a like, strong message film and something that's more of a like feel good we love cinema movie and obviously last year coda is very much a like we love heartfelt cinema movie which is also what the fablemans feels like and so i i really think it's probably i'm i'm putting my money on women talking for now um i also think that like the everything everywhere all at once well i don't really see it as a big contender for best picture I do think that and the Fablemans could sort of start to like split the votes of people who, you know, so that there isn't one like big feel good contender. Cause I do think that, you know, women talking to me feels like the message film that is sort of a big contender for picture. Um, but I've, I kind of like that in the race this year, like we're in November and we're at the end of November and it does feel like we still have a lot of races that we don't know what's happening. And I find that really fun. Yeah. I also no. just don't think critics are going to really 
lift this movie up and I think like that could present a positive for the Fablemans because people could swing back like in the industry and be like what do you like critics don't matter like whatever but I just feel like Nicole was saying the pendulum really like swings dramatically between the kind of films that win best picture and it has the stars born front runner status of if you're the first one out you tend to not make it all the way but I would love to see women talking win but I also agree with Nicole like I don't know if Paul Dano gets in I feel like a lot of people are saying he doesn't do enough which is wild because I prefer Paul Dano when he is smaller in films rather than like large but um, because I think he's such a tender person in real life I kind of like seeing him portrayed in a tender manner and I just gotta say I think he's miscast in this movie but it is not because he's not playing a weirdo I just feel like he doesn't fit in with the way the dialogue is written um but I I also can still see a world where Michelle misses a nomination like I just I'm curious to see if this movie goes like overperforms with the nominations or underperforms if it underperforms with nominations and michelle gets in i wouldn't be shocked if she won as like a here is the winning award for this film and i do think he's still like four for me in my oscar prediction spielberg for director i just feel like there could be like some backlash to him just getting nominated last year, which I feel like a lot of people aren't really like talking about, like that we just had him in the conversation. And I'm still not convinced on this winning score by any sort of, I understand the whole, it's the last film John Williams and Steven Spielberg are doing together. And I do really respect that partnership because it is so iconic, but I didn't even really like notice the score until I listened to it on its own after the film. And I think like with a year like this, with like so many insanely beautiful scores in contention, I feel like you have to be like really memorable to come out on top. And I don't really think this is memorable enough to win score. And there's I, a lot of like big hitter composers who have yeah, scores this like, year. Who you, have multiple, multiple scores. Multiple yeah. scores. Yeah. Like I just And not and just I, big hitters previous winners yeah as well and i like i'm sorry like the babylon score releasing tracks ahead of its release is so funny to me like i especially if you watched um is that black enough for you there's a whole like section on like the way scores were like released ahead of movies to promote them by um black composers and creators and i just think it's so interesting that like they did that with babylon because i'm like are we like what is going on here it's just like a weird way to like hype up Justin Horowitz's score that I feel like is really interesting compared to what we have for the full score of the Fablemans, which is like those two tracks that were released are much more memorable. Um, but I do think it can get into like editing. I wouldn't be shocked if it got into costume design because like they are like period pieces. And I wouldn't be shocked if it like if it like really overperforms, if it pulls like a power of the dog and gets like production design and like sneaks into like a bunch of other smaller categories you aren't truly predicting it, especially because like the Babylon responses are very, very, very like mixed and very divisive. If we're talking if we think this movie is divisive on mm-hmm. film Twitter, I don't know what's gonna happen when 
I will, I will be very interested to see what happens when Babylon starts getting seen by more industry people. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I'm really waiting on to see because like I do, I do still think that in a lot of the text tech categories, it could still be Babylon versus Fablemans, even if mm -hmm. Babylon isn't a front runner for best picture anymore. Yeah. I, I really think like, especially if like, Babylon doesn't overperform the way we've all been like that's going to be the most nominated movie of the year like the Fablemans could take that like and we just saw like easily yeah we were all kind of doubting West Side Story because it like performed like underperformed at the box office which like entirely was not its fault like the pandemic was not kind to anyone last year but like you could see this movie pick up like 12 13 nominations easily on its best day like like there are the spaces for it it's just like will it do it like is the other thing and then my favorite um titan of industry james cameron is still coming guys he's still he's still coming and we've already like seen a couple of I i'm not gonna name names but a well-beloved director has already broken embargo to talk about how much he loves uh avatar way of water so James Cameron game recognize game. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. The two best animated movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not wrong. <laughs> not wrong at all. I will say, if there is any one Oscar that if this movie were to win, I wouldn't be mad at. It would be cinematography. I do think it has gorgeous cinematography. I mean, all Spielberg films do. I thought last year that West Side Story should have won cinematography because there's this one shot in uh, the Maria sequence where he's standing in a puddle and all the streetlights are reflected in the puddle. And if you take away the fact that it's Ansel Elgort, it is the most stunning shot, like, in maybe the last 15 years that I've seen on the screen like it is stunning and in some ways I think that this winning could like avenge that for me which is not to say I was even a huge West Side Story fan even and that's sorry to bring this up again the other thing that I don't understand about all this discourse is we're also acting as if Spielberg has never had a flop that's the other part I don't understand is like we weren't this uh, and I, I get there's the level of it being a personal story for him, but we weren't this like aggressive about West Side Story. Like I don't, I don't get it. But anyways, it's because people don't like musicals, well, so they weren't I'm going whole hog for that, that one. I'm aggressive and, about that, and I'm aggressive about hating the cinematography in West Side Story outside of that one specific shot that you mentioned. So no, I look. thought the cinematography <laughs> in West Side Story was gorgeous. I will say that, but I know that's controversial, but. Um, no, to me, I it's controversial. It. Everyone else <laughs> loved it. To be clear, it is just me. I hated it. I'm alone on this island. I loved the cinematography in West Side Story. Um, <laughs> but the love you, Dan. Um, but... Love you too, Lex. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I really actually did really enjoy the cinematography. Like almost the fact that it kind of had this like almost like dreamy, hazy kind of look to it. I thought kind of gave off the vibe of it like being reflective on past times like it like it was spielberg's memories and i actually that was one aspect of it i really did like i i liked this uh spielberg kaminsky uh joint much better than i think uh, most of their previous outings working together 
Um, I thought that it worked really, really well. I, I especially the thing that I enjoyed really most, if I had to pick one of the craft categories, I really love the editing in this, um, mm -hmm. especially like when he's, when he's crashing the trains and he's making that movie and like the recreation of that footage of his first movie that he ever made. Like I thought that was so well done. I think a lot of the editing in this is just really, really good, especially in the way that it calls uh, attention to the act of editing and the art of it. And then how it, uses those principles and does it i thought that the editing in this was really great um that's a, like i'm not exactly pulling it to for it to win in any of these categories but i think it will make worthy nominees and for almost all the categories that w it will undoubtedly get nominated in yeah um i agree uh but does anyone have any final things to say about the movie before we sign off I have one last thing, um, awards-wise. It probably won't happen. We know that Best Actor is kind of like a loosey-goosey category right now. Um, but in a perfect world, I would love to see Gabrielle LaBelle on yes. it. I mean, he, if Tom Cruise can get him, I think that <laughs> Gabrielle LaBelle should. I think he really, for all of this films, you know, its faults and its wins, he is a real anchor and for him to be so young and be able to accomplish that, I think is is no to be able to make a character feel like its own character, but also play a young version of one of the most iconic directors of all time is no easy feat. And I think he he knocked it out of the park. I think he deserves some type of recognition, if not at the Oscars, at some other awards um, for his performance. So that's my one I, and only take. I so I would agree love with that. that. Yeah. I also think like. Over some of the performances that people are talking about this year, like Tom Cruise and Top Gun Maverick for playing the same role he's always played, um, or Hugh Jackman in The Sun, a movie I know that Jacob really loves, um, Ooh, Adriano's yeah. favorite movie since he can't be here to say it. Um, like, I really do wish that Gabriella Bell was still like more in the conversation, but I do feel like it's just the Academy's bias towards young actors in particular, like the way that they all still think Timothy Chalamet is too young to have an Oscar. <laughs> like, well, there's, there's which... a former THR employee that will probably be pushing for um, <laughs> Gabriel LaBelle, but... Yeah. Um, but he won't be around on Twitter for us to... Yeah, to no, but, but he won't, he won't be able to actually talk to anyone about it um, <laughs> while he's looking for a new job. But yeah, no, I, I do agree about Gabriel LaBelle. I think that he was he was perfect um a lot better than what i thought he was going to be mm. but um but yeah i mean it's again i think like everyone's been saying it's best day it could be a massive nominee it's worst day it could get no acting um and then a whole bunch of below the line and you know not win anything so it's going to be interesting throughout until the end of uh award season to see what what comes of it? Um, but to leave, Dan, where can people find you online? Aha! You can find me on Twitter at DancingDanOnFilm. And since, you know, who knows how long Twitter will be around for, you can also find me on Hive and Post News at DancingDan. Lex, where can people find you? 
Um, currently on Twitter, for as long as it's around, I'll make the move to wherever we're supposed to move when that happens. I don't have the energy to do it right now. Uh, at, <laughs> at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore. Uh, that's also my Instagram handle. And um, I make bad Eddie Munson TikToks on TikTok at, at Moonshoes Lexi. Nicole, where can people find you online? First of all, her Eddie Munson TikToks are great, not bad. Um, but I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. I was like, where else am I? LinkedIn? Um, at Nicole. We gotta get we gotta get the partnership. I'm telling you. Um, and then I'm you know, I'll say I'm also over making bad TikToks at uh <laughs> Nicole Brittany 16. Her TikToks they are, are good TikToks, please. <laughs> TikToks. I'm sometimes in them. So they are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um Bobby, where can people find you online? Oh gosh, you can find me so many places on Twitter, <laughs> screaming at no one at hi I'm Bobby H-I-I-M-B-O-B-B-I. You can find me also on TikTok, probably making bad TikToks. No, she's making special. the good ones. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, right, we, we're keeping the TikToker for the end. <laughs> stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> no, uh, you can find me on TikTok at The Afternoon Special. You can also find me on Instagram at The Afternoon Special. I also have a podcast called, you guessed it, The Afternoon Special Podcast. <laughs> um, so, And also on TikTok, you can find me at the official Oscars because I am, I'm your Academy bestie. So, Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, so, Truly the best choice they could have made. TikToks, and then they're just <laughs> doing this. I have to be humble. Oh my gosh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's so cool. Thank you, thank you. So, go follow the official Oscars TikTok. Even as divisive as it can be it will bring us together hopefully perfect um to, uh to do roundup for everyone you can find anna online at it's a media you can find kenzie online at kens Venunu. you can find me online at tbr57 on letterbox um twitter hive instagram everywhere that uh, I can get that username. That's what it'll be. Um, except for TikTok, which is at Tickety Talk. Um, and you can find the show online at Oscars underscore central. You can find us at oscarcentral.com. And that was our talk on Spielberg. And until next time, that's the show. <laughs>